Hello. Hi, Danny. Welcome back again. Yeah. What's our episode today? Today we are going to dive into the emotional body. What does that mean? (laughs) What doesn't it mean? You know, there's this cultural conversation that we are not feeling our emotions as much as we potentially could. And we'll break a lot more of this down, but actually we really are. (laughs) But we're not feeling the most wonderful emotions as often as we can. We're feeling a lot of numbness, anger, repression, depression. Like the way that most people are feeling all the time is actually quite emotional. (laughs) But it's in the really convoluted states of emotion that we are often giving airtime to versus like, cause if you're feeling bliss, if you're feeling joy, if you're feeling love, that's emotion. Like we would say that the thought processes, which we just talked about last week, the, the mental capacity is more of like the dry, like cut dry intellect, you cut things apart. But emotion is like more like water where it's like waves mm-hmm. and it's eruptions. But if the only way you're feeling those experiences is in a way that feels quite harming to yourself and others, like through, you know, kind of violent, harmful experiences versus the like most wonderful dissolving kind of Mm -hmm. uh, ways that emotions can be in us, then emotions get a bad rap Mm. because they're like the juice of the dry thought. So thoughts and emotions are always intermingling. And, you know, I kind of want to pose to, to you, but to everyone here listening, like, what is your relationship with emotions Mm. like you know growing up there's this term like that oh that kid's emo Mm -hmm. which already decides that it's not good to be emotional and and specifically because so much of the work you and I do within sister roots is with female embodied people um there's often this connotation that women are so lost in their emotions and crazy (laughs) yeah People say iconic word yeah Yeah. which we are and it's the best (laughs) (laughs) and we have to like turn things on their head to really feel into what we're saying when we say that because there's a magnitude to emotion Um, women birth babies and you're going to say they shouldn't be feeling some level of emotion when that baby comes into the world they're going to feel so crazy in love and in their power and in potentially pain Mm -hmm. all together that you can't kind of decipher like okay, I like you in this emotion, actually. But over here, that got too wild. And it's like, actually, it's going to get wild. (laughs) Especially if you're feeling so open. A lot of these emotions in their intensity are like exactly like (laughs) a humongous tsunami. Mm -hmm. And so it's only when we judge it and misunderstand it that we can't delight in it. It's like, I was just at the waves. not surfing them, but I was just, it sounded like I was a surfer and I'm not, but I was just over at 41st watching the surfers. You think they just want a tiny little blip? No, they want to get, for the most part, when you choose to do something like surfing, mm-hmm. you want to ride that tsunami, but you like, that's your moment, right? Is like, how big can the wave get? How much can me and the wave become one, where I'm just riding this thing mm-hmm. as if I am this thing. That's like mm-hmm. the dream, right? It's not like to just kind of lay on your back and be like, woo. Yeah. That might be my dream, which is why I'm not a surfer. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to ride that. I want to ride different kinds of tsunamis, metaphorical other kinds. Um, but so this, this emotions can often be the tsunami that's wiping us out. And so we're not getting the like tremendous 
surge of what joy and elation and love, true love, uh, actually bring into our lives because we're kind of like, that's crazy. Like I'm not allowing that to come into my home because of so much self-judgment and also judgment of other, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of big feelings scare us. They scare us internally. And then when someone presents them, I scare people all the time because of how I feel. (laughs) Because it's just like, you know, if there was someone to come into a space with a megaphone, sometimes that's how I feel I probably am to people. Um, But it's with love and it's with joy and it's with curiosity that it's all these wonderful things, but it's the tsunami where people are like, whoa, Mm -hmm. what you coming with? And it's like emoting, like fucking emojis. (laughs) Okay, I, you know, I live for, I, I think I had, in so many of the emails I've been sending out over this, this pandemic of us getting really online, there's certain times where I'm like, could I send an email that's only composed of emojis hmm. and still get things across that I wanted to? It hasn't worked. I haven't been able to draft that <laughs> <laughs> or that the call to action would even be clear. But the fact that that makes me feel so much joy, like, why do we like emojis? Yeah. Because they can express something that me saying, I am smiling right now is a little different than just giving you that little smiley emoticon, mm-hmm. right? And I love emojis. Feelings is where it's at. Mm-hmm. When it comes to being in deep harmony with cosmic bliss, <laughs> that's the highest level, but just cosmic truths, intelligence, our own potential, you can't access it through dry thought. Like you can contemplate and dissect through so I I mentioned this I want to break it down a little because that's what the mind does it breaks things down so if you and I were to be like a scientist actually she talks about this in sweetgrass there's a difference between going into a wild forest and just completely feeling wide open with your heart about how amazing it is to be immersed in a forest Mm -hmm. oh wow like there's a lot going on is it is it the sounds that you hear is it the visuals that you're immersed in is it There's a lot of pulsing life going on there, feelings-wise. But we, if we're a scientist, we're going, okay, I'm going to, what is the phylum? What's the name of this plant? So what what you do when you start applying intellect is you start breaking things into pieces so you can understand them. But that's not where contentment and uh, this ability to really commune with something deeply exists. It's not through the head. In your best relationships, you're not diving into each other because you're analyzing each Mm -hmm. other. Actually, you're probably becoming more separate Mm -hmm. and solid and apart from each other if all I'm doing is hanging out in my head with you. Mm -hmm. So the feelings part, we need to to grow in our openness to our feelings, but then also to our mastery of our feelings, which is kind of like to say... If you're not afraid of them, then they can be really fun. If you're not afraid of the tsunami, then you're going to want to learn to ride it Mm because it's going to bring you the most elation possible. So the stigma, let's bring it back to the question, like to the listener and to you here, Danny, like what's your experience of emotions? Mm -hmm. What does that come loaded with? Because mental health comes loaded with stuff or mental illness, Mm -hmm. let's say more or less. But what does it mean if someone were to be like, Danny, you're so emotional. Like, do you, you know, how does that make yeah. you feel yeah well that would kind of make me feel the crazy thing comes up to mind I would feel like someone's perceiving my emotions as a bad thing yeah and when I think of emotional states and the emotional state that I want to be in I definitely think towards the flow side of things mm. more than being in my head emotional yeah yeah like with the thoughts versus mm-hmm. in the flow mm. 
when we are like listening to certain music, because this happens a lot for people with music, so I, I point to music and you get out of your head, like flow isn't from thinking. It's like you can't reach the state mm-hmm. of what so many people are calling flow states by your mind going and going and going and going. But what do we know most people are doing all day long? Going and going yeah. and going and going and going and going. Like mm-hmm. Energizer Bunny in their mind. And my gosh, do we just want to be free of it? Mm-hmm. And so there can be a different approach to instead of being so hard on ourselves about our minds, we start to go, which we do this all the time with Sister Roots, we kind of go straight into the domain of the heart, mm-hmm. which can be super overwhelming for certain people and super great for others. It can be, it's a whole spectrum, but some of us are so walled that we're like, what are you trying to do? Get into my heart, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I trust you, right? Like it starts to bring all this stuff up. And then what I was sharing about the emotions being big, if we don't yet feel really open and stable in our own being, say like just like extremely loving person showing up and just their presence is making certain things that have been in our heart start to feel like they're cracking and that's scaring us Mm -hmm. because maybe we've never even noticed there was such a penetrative cell block around a cell block around a cell block so start being asked to come down which means there's a revealing which means I feel a little bit tender now Mm -hmm. now I'm feeling exposed if I mentally then start to see that as a bad sign which our culture is basically show up like you've Mr. Cool guys and Miss Cool Women's everywhere we're all just trying to be so cool you know, I think I wrote... Egos with legs. Egos with legs. Oh my God, I just saw ego waffles. Sorry, walking on. I'm like, we're just Puffed a bunch up. of waffles. Yeah, scene. exactly. Check me out. Uh, which is... Uh, it's a product of being social creatures who are so obsessed with how they look in the world, with mm-hmm. material things, with a status, with how we present versus how we feel. Mm. And... I was journaling about this years ago where I was like, life is really a whole bunch of experiences that we're feeling a little bit embarrassed, but we're just trying to appear as if we're cool. But Mm. like in so many ways, are we feeling like, even imagine being like a kid, like so many things happened. Did you get ice cream on your face? Like, did you, (laughs) did someone accidentally step here and that thing fell there? But we're like, as we become grown, quote, we're like, okay, nothing can go out of place as far as my presentation will look. So then like, if, can you feel how boxy that already is? Like mm-hmm. you're going to go eat ice cream, but you're caring so much about how you look eating ice cream. You can't even enjoy the yeah. ice cream cone. Yeah. Eek. Yeah. That's like this whole thing about emotions and thoughts. You're so in your thoughts about everything. You can't even open your heart. Mm-hmm. We're all. And we're walking through life like that. <sighs> oh, and, and dying like that. Yeah. Heart. We talked about this on the last the last episode together, the heart is filled with dis-ease mm-hmm. in the world, especially for men, but absolutely just people are unacquainted and confused and walled. And so we want to welcome in big feelings and start to, like I said, when I say mastery, sometimes some of those feelings are so big, they feel like they're tearing you apart in these realms that are non-physical and that's why we've avoided them our whole lives because we're really afraid to look at abandonment or certain things that maybe have become part of our narrative about ourself 
that when you start saying open your heart, you're basically saying you're going to let everything in. So everything that you've done a really good job your whole life saying you stay out and you stay out and you stay out. Well, we have to welcome it. We have to assimilate it. And then we have to just move through now being a completely transparent person. Mm -hmm. That might take a whole 10 years if someone spent 30 to 50 years hiding Mm -hmm. from themselves and from the world and pretending. And so, you know, I'm all about the big feels. So it's feelings and emotions of all kinds. It's not just good ones. We're letting in everything. Yeah, we want to like get out of... Once we start getting more clear and more clear and more clear, which is a consistent practice, you're the spider that's been weaving the web of your life. And is it telling the worst drama you've ever seen? Or is it creating one of so much beauty? Once we start getting more and more clear, we realize we've perpetuated a lot of continual crappy narrative for Mm -hmm. self and for other because of lack of awareness. So it's like we don't want to judge positive and negative. When we're experiencing positive emotions, it's because there's less blocks in the way from us and everything else. So it's just like light and openness and spaciousness and possibility. And the negative ones are more of misconstruing. It's like there's more blocks in between us and the light and Mm -hmm. the love and the truth. And it's more like um, it's not getting let in as much. So we feel depressed. We feel anxious. We feel these certain states that are basically because there's just a lack of clarity. There's Mm -hmm. a lack of flow. There's a lack of health in the system. And so it's not really about judging like what's better or what's worse. It's more functional that if you are a clear seated human being, you're going to feel really good more often than not. It's not to say you won't have certain moments where it's like, you know, you're frustrated or whatever, but you won't continue to add on to a moment of frustration that Mm -hmm. then becomes your demise, which then becomes your whole life where you just live in this chronic state of pissed offness and you fume in your own anger and resentment. So this is going to be a pretty similar sort of discussion, or at least we're leading towards a similar discussion to last episodes where we can use awareness to work through uh, mental health issues or blocks or negative feelings and emotions. So this week we're going to use those same tactics to work through how to view and experience our own emotions. Yes, okay. exactly. And, and the reminder that they're so embedded for us, the thought and the, the emotion that they're like, the, a thought will come that could most likely be a terrible one. And it takes a little bit of time for the juice to rev up. And then now all of a sudden the emotions that are expressing are in alignment with that terrible thought, mm-hmm. but it came a little bit later. And also in the reverse, sometimes depending on what the very beginning of our life was like, we've experienced certain emotional states prior to having language with them that are so deeply in our body that sometimes we just feel and we don't even know why it's not even accompanied by thought. So we want to approach that awareness, 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 awareness. You want to make this whole entire world within experience is to say for a majority of us, we're 99% offline. Mm -hmm. We're unconscious. We're, we're compulsive. We're compulsive about not just how we get on technology. That's just the last little bit of what's been happening, but we're compulsive about how we eat or how we respond in an argument or how we even respond in a non-argument. Definitely compulsive reaction comes up more obviously in an argument because we are triggered. And by triggered, that word is so popular these days, but it means you're out of control. (laughs) Something inside of you is overruling you. You're not sitting at the seat with clarity and saying, oh, I can manage this. 
No, something just happening, right? Grabbing chips. It's fine, but it just is happening. It's like, okay, you just screamed at that person you don't even know. Did you even have a conscious moment? No. So over time, we're trying to gain a moment to then be like, okay, maybe you grab the chips, fine. But you're aware that you're doing that, right? Mm-hmm. You're just totally eating the chips when you're eating the chips. Whereas a lot of us, when we are, we don't even know it's happening. And then the bag's empty and you're like, who ate them? <laughs> you did, right? Or who yelled like that at that person? You did, but we're unconscious. Mm-hmm. So the reminder that the world within has been there the whole time and we're just continuously inviting, inviting back, inviting back because the eyes have been open and out and we've been we've been lost out there. But when we come in, we're not going to be lost. But it it requires so much responsibility and willingness. Mm -hmm. Willingness to arrive and not feel... It can be overwhelming, the emotional part even, so more because of the lack of language. You know, we've developed such an honoring for the IQ of programs and people and that we look for that when we are saying someone's excellent but when it comes to eq we don't it has it's just starting to become very clear that like your ability to be social really matters in in a working environment and an ability to have relationships that feel good and that are supportive if you don't know how to have strong communication with someone you're not going to have what's even close to being possible between human beings because your EQ is all out of whack. Mm -hmm. And that goes down to the traumas and the confusions and the misunderstandings and the everything we just have started to chew on in this talk so far. Um, We don't want to judge ourselves and each other when it comes to going inside. So just notice that if that is arising for you, because most likely it's it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty consistent that someone's like, okay, I'm feeling, I'm judging my best friend about X, Y, Z right now. I shouldn't be doing this. So you automatically start wall, 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 block, block, block versus, whoa, judgments arising. Interesting. Okay. I'm feeling, it's all very, we want to allow fluidity. It can be not accessible for people alone at first because they'll be so big that the patterning will shut them down which is why like getting into states of breathing, which we'll, do, we'll dive into, and inquiry with spaces of multiple people can be, we call it sangha uh, or satsang or just the collective field. It's like the more people you have tuning in to being present for each other, the more powerhouse we have to really settle into things that maybe alone we're just overrun by. We're mainly unconscious. This certain thing comes up. All these habit patterns shut us down. And then we just feel terrible, right? So that can, that can easily occur when it comes to our thoughts and our emotions without skill sets and without people, people that mm-hmm. want to hold us in this process. I love holding people in this process because with the, with the hands that hold, we can, we can witness everything. And then once we see these certain streams, deep streams of sadness, because sadness is at the core of most of this. Mm. Underneath anger, sadness. <laughs> Underneath all of it, like there, there's different flavor tones um, of you know jealousy and lo- like there's many things, and we've all experienced a whole array of them, whether we're keeping them in or we're emoting them out. 
but there's some core stuff it's revealing to us that if we aren't judging all of it, we can get to that core part, resolve it by integrating it, adoring it, being like, wow, you were really scared. Mm -hmm. Wow, I would have been scared too. So when we meditate on emotions and see them arising and recognize them as for what they are and we don't we don't internalize them and feel them we just see them yeah there to me that seems like it might create sort of a separation between us experiencing the emotion and us just seeing it mm-hmm. come up i would say this is just me being picky about words spaciousness okay versus separation which yeah that is what we're doing <laughs> because without spaciousness they're going to overrun us yeah the thing is, once we start getting to that point where clarity is more common for us, where love and bliss and insight and all of the like really wonderful emotions are, you don't, you're not wondering how to have space between you and them because they're just flowing and you're just flowing with them. The ones that are going to be most people's first line of resistance are the ones that we don't want to be honest that they're there. Mm. Jealousy, anger, greed, fear, whatever. And those make us feel a lot of shame. And then we greet them with, there's no spaciousness. We are them. We think we are fear. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's me. No, it isn't. Don't identify as it, which this sounds easy in words. But when you're, when you're feeling something and it's so big, you think it's you. And that's your demise. And I've been there. You know, I've totally been there. Like in many ways where I've just been in my own detriment of like, something arising, me feeling shame that it's arising, and then me taking myself down because I'm identifying as that thing versus, oh, everyone feels anger. None of what we're experiencing is like a personal sentencing, which we often go through the world that way. What's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Why am I getting anger? What's wrong with me? Why did this happen to me? This is the narrative of lack of clarity, where clarity brings in Hey, if you've ever sat with people and asked them, like, what do you, do you feel anger? Yeah. What did it feel like? Did you feel shame about anger? Yeah. You know, like it starts to get really obvious that we are having similar <laughs> core root experiences, but how they, inf- how they, you know, influence out into the world. Yeah, sure. It's like, depending on where you live, what language you speak, it's going to have unique characteristics, but At the core, we are human beings that have thoughts and emotions, physical ways of acting those out through actions. Um, Meanwhile, energy is swirling all around us, within us, around us, surrounding us. Nobody that's here is not going to have that blueprint. Mm -hmm. We have that blueprint. So then we can really start to unite in that and be like, wow, I say this a lot to the people that I dive inside with. If... The current lens that one is wearing is guilt and shame. It's not a clear lens. So it's fine that it's there, but whatever you're then perceiving about self, other, the world, it's diluted because there's nothing for you to feel guilt and shame about. Do the world, like, are, do terrible things happen? Yeah. Like, all the time. <laughs> but the way that we're going to find resolve and really be uh, like living in a next evolutionary way together is not by guilt and shame. They're just never going to help. They don't help in the judicial system. They don't help in the family home system. Like you're never going to effectively 
create change by perpetuating shame and guilt to self or other. Did you ever see Inside Out? Yes. Okay. Love that movie. They didn't have a little character for guilt and shame. They had fear. But Inside Out was like a huge gift to animation to our inner world which has been happening the whole time and was is, i think it the first movie is the inner world it is it? that yeah it's really like about that. totally yeah. oh my, and they're gonna make there's another one coming out called soul oh, no yeah i mm-hmm. cannot wait it, it <laughs> the preview is like this little it looks like a little bean or something that like jumps into somebody and it like dives inside of them and it's like this rainbow orb that's moving all around their body so I think it's going to tell the story of soul and obviously no it's going to be amazing so <laughs> anyway I feel like it's from the creators of inside out and up and whatever it's going to be ex- one of my yoga teachers was like how cool is it to grow up in a culture where it's more normal that movies might one day like soul and inside out like that's what you take your kids to see mm-hmm. like there's no need to be mad at princess culture mm-hmm. <laughs> because it just is what it is. We built, we're, we're, we were really into saying like the dreams are external, but the world within and everything we're doing from a yogic point of view, it's internal. That mm-hmm. dream is inside. It's everything about your feeling states and your clarity and your, your tapped inness to your connection to everything. It's not about, do you have a castle? Yeah. <laughs> so the, imagine now like, the kids that can grow up in a setting where the the ma- the loud media messages are ones of internal inquiry versus wear jewelry, you know, find a man or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, norm- the, the, the princess narrative is also changing and elevating slowly and slightly, yeah. but it's still pretty basic around what we say is your dream come true. Mm-hmm. So back to guilt and shame. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're going from we're, one side yeah, of the emotional like, spectrum I'm to like, the other. Stay high, folks. <laughs> Stay happy. <laughs> um, I've sh- I shared this with you that we're talking about guilt and shame because most people are going through every moment of their life through the lens of guilt and shame about what they eat, what what they said, what they didn't say, what they what relationship they have with their parents or they don't have with their parents, what job they did or didn't take. It's mm-hmm. like people sit around all day in their guilt and shame in their paralysis of just like, I'm a shitty person. I feel so much guilt mm-hmm. and shame. So we're addressing them because you address the thing that most people are experiencing so we can go beyond it by creating this kind of spacious inquiry that shows us like, oh, this isn't just your thing to hold. Let it be... I said this on our circle we had the other night and that we're often wearing the world on our shoulders. That's an illusion. The lack of clarity part brings up a lot of pain. If you're walking around, which a lot of us are heavy, like sunken forward almost, can't breathe, feel so tight on my shoulders and my neck because I'm carrying the weight of the world. Well, newsflash, with so much love, the world is carrying you. Mm. It's holding you. Mm. <laughs> How huge of a perspective shift is that from one of illusion and lack of clarity to very crystal clear clarity? Now imagine that being placed in every area of your life. That's going to change everything about your life. So we want to flip shame and guilt on its head, see what the heck is going on with why that's arising so that you can be crystal clear and like in a lot more of a fully embodied experience that does have lots of feelings, but that a lot of them are wonderful. Mm. But the fear of if society will like us, the fear of if I'm doing it right or wrong to mom and dad or partner or whatever, 
manifests in guilt and shame being the main lens that people live in their lives and they wonder why I feel so dilapidated and so lackluster and another day and give me the coffee mm -hmm. and I mean I love coffee but like I enjoy it right it's like what are we doing are we enjoying these things yeah. or and by these things I mean our lives or are we just going through the motions there's a lot of movement there's never a moment where there's not movement internally always always firing neurons circulation lymph blood but you name it, but things are always moving, moving. And we're often feeling stuckness as our nature, that I'm just a stuck person in this solid body, so hard to exist. That's all unclear. That's a, that's a misunderstanding. That's a lack of perspective because none of that is true. Mm -hmm. That's why when we meditate, which let's dive in and do that, you go from feeling that you're this solid body to that you're this pulsing, vibrating uh, shape-shifting mm -hmm. <laughs> expression of energy. Love is the whole point. Always has been, always will be. We can rename the podcast. Love maybe, is the whole point. <laughs> maybe, maybe, honestly, maybe, because it's like, I feel so aligned with that. So whatever we're doing is just taking us further away from that truth and then reclaiming it back because it never left anyway. So however long we want to take until we keep getting reminded that like, oh, love's the point. To get there, I have to be open to my inner experience. Oh, love's the point. I have to open up to the fact that I'm an emotive being. Or what, how do I do this? How do I start to explore this? Oh, I don't want to go around talking shit about myself and other people anymore because love's the point. And every time I do that, I'm moving further away from the point. Mm -hmm. Get to the point. Should we? We should. <laughs> okay, let's get to the point. Get to the point. I love that you were like hitting drums. It looked <laughs> I like, was feeling like, it. But I'm pumped. <laughs> I was vibing. Yeah, I am too. Okay. So we're going to get to the point. And often in meditation, we're finding a still point, a still point of the body or a point of focus, which often is the breath. So you might close the eyes. You want to be finding a position that you can be present for. So you might be sitting, you might be laying, but just be present. We are tuning in, not tuning out. And right away, Let's just begin by remembering that the point is love. That we're going to dive within and see like, okay, well, what the heck does that make me feel? She keeps saying the point is love. What is she talking about? Do you think that that's trivial? Do you feel like, whoa, it's so nice to hear someone say this over and over and over? Do you doubt it? You know what? is arising for you when you hear that love is the point and we're going to find it because it never left. So begin to lengthen the spine. And if you're laying, you just become very aware of the spine and allow the body to settle in any area that it feels suspended, like kind of like it can't breathe. See if that place can drop. Release the gripping of the abdomen, the pelvic bowl, the jaw. Just letting everything get 
more easeful by taking a posture of stillness. And as mentioned before, we're okay with thoughts taking place. We're okay with certain moods presenting themselves. We're okay with anything that's here. It allows it to be here without us trying to manipulate it or control it or change it. Just It's already going to be in motion by allowing it to be. So just right up front, we get down with that. Like, okay, whatever's arising is going to pass. I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to add more to it. And in that same way, just watch the breath for a little, moving in its own nature to its own accord. And you might notice that there are certain sounds in the space. You might notice certain temperature or the feeling of your own kind of clothing or whatever the thing is you're sitting on or laying on. So really much of what we're doing together is expanding our awareness. On and on and on. It gets deeper and wider and deeper and wider. You can approach that through Noticing the senses, how the body feels. And as you're getting a little bit more settled, slowly, like what's the quality like of the inner body right now? Does it feel open and flowing? Does it feel stuck and stagnant? Does it feel somewhere in between? Does your heart feel like it's encased or does it feel exposed? And, you know, we often deem that if something's exposed that like, oh, it shouldn't have been. No, I can't tell this person how I feel about them or, you know, but actually what we deep down want more than anything is to just be seen for who and what we really are, which is love. So we want to start to acquaint ourselves to exposure to the light coming in. So as you're breathing, it's like the light is carried on the breath and you're letting it come in. Within just a few minutes of finding stillness, we see there's a wild, wild west, <laughs> aka our world within. And that's why we are continuing to practice returning, getting to know, spend time, reflect, inquire with self and each other in that process of internal transformation.
what else to do while we're here together. It is the best kind of work. So fruitful. So keep following the breath, settling the body, noticing the state you're in, just with wide open eyes, not with any kind of judgment. What's here? <laughs> and you might even imagine, if you have seen Inside Out, you know, is there a little fear in there? Is there joy? Is there sadness? Because there's room for all of it. And let's just really zoom in on the heart space. This can be the anatomical beating of the heart. Sometimes placing a hand on the heart can be nice if it feels hard to sense, which nothing is wrong if you can't sense it. We all have different uh, ways of perceiving. Somebody feels temperature, somebody feels pulsing, somebody feels vibrating, on and on and on. Somebody's not feeling, it's no big deal. But you're just diving into either the anatomical, the emotional, the spiritual heart space with your own current perception. I'm like, what is going on in there? Is it barren? Are there many layers? If your heart was singing a certain tune, what song would it be singing? If it was a certain pattern or texture, what pattern or texture is it? If it was a meal, something to eat, what is the offering? And if it had something it wanted to say to you, what would it say? Much of what is happening is deep listening and deep listening honor occurs so much is actually taking place when we're deeply listening. Beyond language, beyond intellect, beyond our ability to try to make sense of things, things are occurring existentially at a very deep, profound, conscious level. And so we want to honor that that is always taking place. We're just practicing attuning to just the tiniest little bit of beginning to welcome ourselves into the magnitude of this goodness. And that we can move at our own pace. Some of us will want to dive into the heart and inhabit it indefinitely. That is absolutely my call to action in this life. <laughs> Some of us will be a little skeptical and like, well, I don't know if I want to share my heart with anyone or myself or 
and some will dance like with that they like it at some moments and they they're scared of it at others or they're unaware of how to even approach it at all because it feels like it's a longtime friend they don't even know how to reach for anymore so we're all just very genuinely wherever we are but the invitation for this meditation is to invite yourself back to what is absolutely the point Your center is love, it is infinite, and it's not going to ever leave, and it yearns for your return. And whatever twists and turns you take, it's there. Like if you drop a pin anywhere you are, that, that pin, you can imagine that little red dot is a little red heart. You can't run away from what you are. You might separate from it. You might feel some suffering and pain when doing so. But it's never going to leave. It's never left. always here. And feel the waves of that truth, that heart pulse from this pin centered point rippling outward. No bounds. wider and deeper. The magnitude of the heart, the magnitude of love, the magnitude of who we are becomes much more apparent when we are willing to go inside. There's much less to fear and so much more to celebrate by doing this work. A few more breaths, just feeling the waves, all waves love. Notice how you feel and that we want to begin to become more comfortable noticing how we feel versus how we think. I want to start getting a little bit deeper into the juice, the meat of our own depths. And so the question, how do I feel, which is still taking us somewhere even deeper that we actually are, but it's a stronger anchor point than the racy mind. It will guide us with a much stronger 
kind of like North Star compass that is actually in alignment with who and what we actually are. Let's take three more breaths, inhaling, exhaling. Inhaling, exhaling, one more, flowing, easy breath. Beginning to inhabit the body more fully, feeling your feet, your legs, your spine, your arms, your face. Taking the next little bit to arrive back, whether the eyes are open or closed, just returning a little more fully into the room you're in. Moving your shoulders if you want or stretching. Thank you. You're welcome. I definitely feel a heightened sense of awareness mm. towards my own emotions right now. I think a lot of times when I meditate, I focus a lot on the thoughts mm. and watching the thoughts come and arise and pass. Mm. And this time, I let the thoughts happen, but focused more on the emotions that the thoughts brought with them mm. and watched the emotions mm. and tried to feel that spaciousness in watching them arise. What did it feel like? It was really hard to do. Mm -hmm. Really hard to do. It probably took almost the entire meditation for me to really drop in mm -hmm. and center my focus on that one point, which was <laughs> separate yourself from those emotions. Just see them. Yeah. Notice them. Yeah. It's really difficult. Mm -hmm. But it felt good once it started happening. Yeah. There's a lot of walls. That was definitely a peeling of a layer for me. Mm. I peeled back a layer mm -hmm. and saw another layer. Mm. <laughs> I, that's the thing. I just saw the layer. I didn't fight mm. with it. I didn't feel emotions about it. I just noticed it. Mm. Sort of a layer within a layer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Meta layers. Meta layers. I heard um, appealing, like A P P E A. That, appealing. But, but yeah, that's what was happening for you, mm. that it was appealing. <laughs> mm. I was like, it is appealing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm grateful that you get to be. It was so transparent. Like everybody gets that gift because you're just sharing what literally happened for you right now. Like mm -hmm. I'm completely, I wouldn't say I'm completely open, but I'm close to it when it comes to emotions. Definitely. I would identify with a lot of emotions actually, because I was feeling them all so much most of my life. Like I almost felt I was more an emotion than anything else. And I remember being in a yoga class and my teacher was like, so some people really identify with their body and they're like body-based. Some people really identify with their thoughts and they're thought-based. Some people really identify with their feelings and they're feelings-based. And it wasn't until I heard him say that that I was like, that's what I do. 
I think I am my feelings, but so many people don't get yet to feelings that they either think they are their body or their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said like getting into your feelings isn't even the last point. It's just the strongest entry point to your connection to all things. Mm-hmm. When you feel you're getting way more in tune with the whole currency of this planet. If I'm thinking in my head, usually all the mind is doing most of the time is resisting mm-hmm. all the time. All the time. Someone says something that would be really fun for you to do, but your fear comes up, your doubt comes up, and you're like, no, I don't think so. And it's like, why are you resisting? It's just your mind. One of my teachers, he spent like 10 years of his life being a monk before he, he's one of the founders of uh, Spirit Rock in Marin. Through all of the mind training that he did, which is deep, being a monk for that many years, that's a lot, right? That's just like sitting all the time he's sitting. It wasn't until he started to live back in the, the world, let's say, like the modern flow of things, that he realized he's avoided his emotions this entire journey of being a monk. Oh, wow. Because mm-hmm. you can get really strong in your intellect. Like yana yoga is a form of yoga where you're looking with contemplation, and it's all about using the, the faculties of knowledge, which is extremely powerful. But for most of us, not just in America, but planetary-wise, like our hearts hurt. Like we are hurting in a place that like, sure, fine, get, get in your mindfulness zone and like X that box out and there you are like succeeding as far as your ego wants you to, but you still don't feel anything. What does it matter then? Like that's been my focus with my life and with people and with sister roots and with everything is like, I don't really care how much money you make. And that's not out of like not being interested in people, but it's from the place they're coming from when they're talking to me about it. It feels hollow. Mm. They feel hollow. They don't have that feeling of deep love that has become so acquainted with them that it's, a, it's in everything that they say. Whereas like there's times where I'm like, wow, I seriously feel like I'm going to dissolve in how much love is so obvious in my experience with the pug that is present with us mm-hmm. or the, the people in my life. And you've watched like there's certain places I get in quite frequently that I just start crying because I feel so much love. Being love makes ego uncomfortable. So when we start to like deepen where we inhabit, it's just an after effect that you're going to look at people's depth, which is more of a sensing thing than a visual thing. So if I'm not so caught up in how you look and how I look, how you present and how I present, what you're trying to prove and what I'm trying to prove. If that's no longer this, the, the area I engage, right? Which we might say is more superficial. And when I say superficial, that doesn't mean less than, right? It's just like when you approach your skin, here's your, the surface level of your skin, but you're not your flesh. If I were to go around being like, you are this sack of heaps of bones, you'd be like, that barely touches the surface of what I am, right? Mm-hmm. So superficial doesn't mean anything no judgment call on it, but when you start going deeper, you start noticing energy more than the forms of energy. And so love energetically is prime time, optimal, nothing better, nothing going to like be more expansively disseminated than something like love. That existence of that energetic presence alone communicating to someone who's closed off who's in their head who thinks they are their job title or their role you don't even have to say take off your role (laughs) your energy is already basically going right up to them and pulsing 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 because it's what they are also Mm. they're gonna love and hate that it's happening 
because something in them is being touched that is absolutely who they are and they're never going to forget it. And it's almost confirming that they absolutely are that thing. Might they then take that to change the rest of their life? Who knows? Some individuals, it's going to be too much work. Many of them are going to be like, that's it. Being this open, this loving, this engaged, this generous, this insightful. Wow. I want that. That just touched the part in me that's that. What might that be like? Jen Mm -hmm. always says to me, you always ask, what might that be like? And it's like, because ego, if you tell an ego what to do, aka you tell a person what to do, like we said, first line is resistance. Mm -hmm. Just because I told you, you're going to resist me. So might you be who you really are? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Might you take on the journey of a lifetime for love and freedom and all beings? I'm thinking back to my first Sister Roots circle. When I showed up, I was super nervous. And I definitely walked in with a lot of sort of preconceived notions of what I thought might happen. Although a lot of them were mostly fear-based of who who knows. Like I'm trying to establish some connection to something I knew. And I kind of threw that away throughout the course of the evening as people spoke from the heart. Mm. And... Uh, by the end of the night, I was able to just open up with people and we had bees-filled conversations. Mm-hmm. We were mm-hmm. just flowing together. Mm-hmm. And it, it, all it took was everyone sitting together and just knowing we're all just going to be from our hearts right now. We're going to be mm-hmm. flowing in that love zone. Mm. It's like, it was one of my birthdays a few years ago where the mantra was deep yet light. Because often we think if you're going deep, like... Why do we have to have all these conversations? Yeah, it's like, oh, got to go to these workshops and it's like, got to be so intense. And it's like, sure, there's some of us, I'm one of them who loves that kind of stuff and wants to be all about that engaged depth and provoking it as a full-time job. But once you exist in this depth and this openness and this trust, just kumbaya, like put some tea on a pot and the easefulness, the lightness of relishing in your depth, that's where it starts to be really good, you know, where it's like, okay, we're not in our heads. We're not here as a bunch of separation. We're here as a collective unified whole. It doesn't matter if as this collective unified whole, we're singing songs or we're talking about something that happened the week to us or dreams we have we'd like to bring into the world coming up. Uh, It doesn't matter if we're talking about our pets. You've been there. We end up going everywhere. Mm -hmm. Who knows where we go, but we're deep yet light. We're laughing and we're talking about the things that we're uncovering. Mm -hmm. So once that exists in someone's experience, they're never going to forget it. They've been touched by the fact that that exists. You can be deep and light. You can be emotive and it can be the best. It's no longer that you're stigmaing that you're a crazy motherfucker. I wonder if you can carry that beyond to sort of parallel deep and light with existing in spiritual and material. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are so inundated and suffocated and drowning in things in the material world. We're in like a crisis for the spiritual to touch everything. And spiritual is in everything, but we have to go deep enough to recognize that the strawberry mm-hmm. is, yes. is the most beautiful thing that's ever happening in this moment, as mm-hmm. is this conversation. But if you only inhabit surface you might only see the the appearance of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you might not even care that much about it. The the clothes that you wear, the bed that you sleep in, it's just things. All of your life is things and the people are things. And so you got to go deep enough in your own being to then be able to go deep enough into all these other things. And then you see there's a presence of all things that can be 
so delighted in and that shifts everything and you realize simplifying is actually better than being mm-hmm. filled to the brim and you yeah. don't have to read these quotes about Marie Kondoing your life for <laughs> what is her thing um, does it spark joy or whatever oh, yeah, yeah, yeah or which is fine right we have all these big hits and things but it will you will inevitably have excess fall away from you when you start going into who you really are it's just a matter of the natural process happening <laughs> it's always right here it's always right now always yeah love it i love it too i was just thinking should we just pose before we close (laughs) (laughs) what is love to you when you drop deeper than mental conceptions or preconceived notions things that you've read or seen in romantic movies or novels or songs but just all that aside what is love real love like just the kind of unshakable what is that for you as a kind of inquiry throughout maybe the coming days like when do you feel it when do you notice it how does it make you feel when it's there if you're touching it it's it's all about what we focus on always because if you go through a day and you're just looking at all and this is unconscious but you just wake up and you're just not directing your focus anywhere you're just going to have a day that's a little bit of a hodgepodge mix. You might find some brief... I had one of those last week. <laughs> yeah. You might find some brief moment of something that made you feel elated, but most likely it's a little robotic. It's a little offline. But if you go, you know, directive of the day, what is love? <laughs> plant that seed. Plant that question mark. It's miraculous how things respond to our directives. So if the focus is now love, just watch what magnets start pulling to your planted point of whatever when a magnet hits something what's it doing that's like a attraction yeah what type of attraction points are we planting Mm. for most it's their misery and then they were like well today was another day that just kind of sucked misery loves company misery loves (laughs) there's so many quotes for all the people who suffer because it's all of us for the most part but (laughs) if we want to say i'd like to attract love you got to focus on it you have to plot that pinpoint <laughs> that is your center and say, that's what I'm looking for today. And, and might I just make this an exploration, might I, <laughs> for the week? What is love? What is it? How does it show up? I'm looking for it. I'm going to explore this week what it wants to, like what adventure will we go on? Mm-hmm. Do you think that we can pose that this week? Yeah. Do you want to pose that for, for yourself and for myself? I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing it. I'm going to wake up every day and okay. do that. That's try it. it. Try Let it. No, I want to know. Windy roads, but you know, you might also find a fast track. And the things that come are qualities as such, like things to look for: elevation, like higher views, mm-hmm. um, elation, giggles, simple delights. Like there's certain things we can start to notice occur when we're really attracting love, expansive, elevating. Love, love, love. Let's leave them with that. Let's leave them with love. (laughs) That sounds good. Okay. Catch you next time. Later.